0: And welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Verzeal. I got my man Kadivas Robinson here with me. He is a two-time Olympic athlete. He is a fitness expert. He is an author. He is a speaker. He is a coach. And he has ties to Ohio State. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. But Cadivas, how you doing tonight, man?
1: Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Pleasure is all mine. I guess we'll start out there. Do you think Michigan ducks out on the game?
1: No man, I don't think. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's not, you know, that's not what 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 competitors do. I think right now, <laughs> you know, we're all going through some uncertain times, and so the the health of the athletes, the health of the coaches, of the health of you know all the individuals involved is what's most important.
0: Of course, I'm just kidding. Uh, I want to watch that game. I want to watch all the games. Obviously, want to make sure everyone is healthy. Obviously, we've seen some Ohio State and Michigan, but it came up in the media, so I thought I'd ask. I'll be upfront, honest. I'm not a very big Ohio State fan, but I hate that team up north, too, so it really doesn't matter to me. They're all just bad, bad people. But, no, Kadiva, very excited to get to talk about you tonight, get to talk about your career, your excellence, all the things that you're doing, you've done, and you plan on getting to in your life. But the first real question, outside of the facetious ones that I like to ask everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much?
1: I think I think sports is an analogy for life, man. I mean, to be honest with you, I think when you look at, especially track and field. I'm a track and field and cross country at least. So the clock doesn't lie. You know what I mean? So you run what you run and you you know, it's nobody else. If you don't put the work in, I mean, you can't just go out there and run a marathon, not, not fast at least. So for me, it's an analogy for life. You get out of it, what you put into it. Uh, uh they can tell, uh, the viewers or your competitors can tell if you put the work in and you get to challenge yourself because, you know, Whenever you're running, I don't care if you're a professional runner or a, a novice or just, a, you know, just now starting out. It's going to come a time in which you're going to start hurting. And there's going to come a voice in your head that's going to say, slow down, stop, why are you doing this? And our challenge is to defeat that voice. That same voice that comes in your head when you're training or working out or running, it's the same voice that comes in your head whenever you're doing anything important in life. You know, whether it's, you know, you're getting scared and getting cold feet to get married uh, starting your own business, uh, you know, whatever it may be, that's challenging. That same voice pops in your head. So for me, that's what sports does. It it, it, it prepares us for bigger things in life.
0: Yes, I like that. And I, I did just get married, and I have started my own business. So I guess I'm defeating that uh, that stupid little voice. It does still pop up. I'm not going to say I'm perfect. Don't get me wrong, but. He pops up every once in a while. We just got to beat him back down. And 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 I'm kind of curious, right? Like running sucks. I I don't I don't think I've ever met anyone that was just like, man, I can't wait to go run today. So what is it? I always make the joke when I get to speak with incredible athletes like yourself, specifically those who are runners like your sport is everybody else's punishment, right? You do something wrong on a football field, go run laps. You do something wrong on a baseball field, go run laps. And it's like, no, hey, Great, you came to practice today. Go run laps. Like, wh- why running, man? What was it about running that you just were like, I can't wait to do this the rest of my life?
1: Well, think about it. Um, r- running sucks if you don't know the part <laughs> the, the behind it. But every sport, every sport has running in it, some way, shape, or form. So when you look at it as it sucks, you're looking at it as it sucks because it's like the feeling you get if you're not in shape. But once you get extremely fit, and once you see the benefits of it far as, you know, your body, your energy, the health benefits and all those types of being able to play with your kids, being able to play with your, you know, as you get older, grandkids, um, it doesn't suck as much because it's like it's, it's like you're challenging yourself. But if you focus on if you're running and you're focused on the pain, you are focused on how hot it is, you you're focusing on how tired you are. Then yeah. Yeah, of course it'll suck because you don't have a ball. You don't have anything to distract you from what makes it hard but really it's the good old-fashioned challenge when we was kids no matter who you were at some point you looked at some other kid and go let's race I can beat you that's what it's really about
0: that's 100 percent true I can remember those days on the playground racing all those kids I was actually pretty fast when I was growing up so I'm uh, very very grateful for that because I won more of those races than I lost or at least that's what I remember that I remember it being that way but either way it was a lot of fun and but but I guess like for you, right, like you probably went through that at some point, especially in the beginning. I, again, found very few yeah. rat runners that were very excited. Why, why? What was it about running that made you say, this is what I want to do?
1: Well, um, I didn't hear the whole thing's a little static in there, but I got the okay. last part. And the last part you said, you know, what made me want to do running? And, you know, I play football. And our coaches in high school made us run track to get faster and more fit for football. So that was one reason. Another reason I tell everybody this, I mean, come on, man, let's, you know, I'm married now. But, you know, when I was younger, man, you know, you got girls out there in either tights or shorts, man. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I like that, you know, so especially when I was younger. So just to be out there around, you know, the girls and, you know, and and, and you know, my teammates and stuff, too that was an extra benefit. And then thirdly, I was, I was fairly decent at it. So that helped. But then I realized something really quickly. I realized that in life, when things get hard, when things get hard, most people do what? They quit. And so I ran the 800 and 800 is the hardest event in track and field. It's just brutal. So I realized like most people don't want to feel that pain. Most people don't want that hurt. So if I can just you know, not quit, I'll beat most people. So I actually chose it because it's like, man, I could just beat most people if I just take the pain and just be tough. Not knowing that I was going to eventually go to another level, another level. But at the time it looked good because nobody wanted to run. And it was just a small amount of people who would run that event. And if I was just a little bit more, you know, you know, tough, tougher than they were, I would always do pretty well. And that's kind of how it started.
0: I like that. I-, I appreciate your honesty, too. Cute girls, man. They usually help young teenage boys do a lot of stuff. So I like that a lot, man. And so you go to TCU, right? You you win a- just a few national championships while you're there. A couple NCAAs, if I'm not mistaken. What was it like being able to race and, and get that education and then realize like, hey, wait a second. I might have like a, a real shot to do this thing as a career.
1: Well, you know, when you first, when I first started, that wasn't the goal. The goal was to, you know, obviously do as well as you can in in the sport and get an education and all those types of things. I was competitive, so I'm, you know, I'm I'm still competitive. I'm competitive in everything, and so obviously I didn't I didn't have an idea what I was doing. I was just out there competing. But what I realized is that as I continued to progress, I, I learned that you know, and this this goes with anything in life. You know, hard work. I mean, it's a cliche. Um, you know, I always say 70 to 90% of success is just following instructions. What I learned is that most people, this is, this is amazing. Most people, they can't, they just can't follow instructions. So if they have a coach or a mentor and the coach or the mentor tells them to do A, B, C, and D every day, most people can't do that. As simple as that is. So for me, I started recognizing like, you know what? A, B, C, and D, if I do that, the coach is saying I'll be top 20 in the nation. Well, that's easy. It ain't easy to do that. But for me, it was like if I just do A, B, C and D, you know, and then again, the hard work, the dedication, all those things let me know that, you know what, the the path to being successful in this is something that I can kind of control. Because remember, I didn't have to rely on someone blocking for me. I didn't have to rely on somebody throwing me a pass or passing me the ball. It was just me, you know, so. My efforts were going to uh, determine how successful I can be. I like that because I knew I was willing to, you know, I I was raised extremely poor. I came from nothing. So so I had to fight for everything. So to to fight for something wasn't wasn't foreign to me. And to know that if I did A, B, C and D and fought for that, then the golden nugget would be winning a NASA championship or getting an education or making it to the Olympics or traveling overseas. I was like, whoa. I'm
0: in, I'm in, you know? Uh, isn't it crazy, though? We all kind of know that, too, right? We all know if you just do A, B, C, and D, you'll get to where you need to get to. But how many people, it, it's just insane to me, how many people, and myself included, there are absolutely days where I just skip B or just decide I'm going to do D tomorrow or something, and, you know, here we are, right? And it, it's just, why Why is that? I mean, you're you're the coach now. I'm kind of curious from that perspective, right, as the athlete and then as the coach. We'll get back to your career in a second, but... Why do you think that is? Why is it so so simple yet so difficult for people, as you said, just to follow the instructions?
1: Well, I do I have a speaking series that I do uh with groups and I also do one-on-one mentoring and consulting, and, and I tell people this, it's just this simple, it's a mindset. There is a such thing as a winner's mindset and a champion's mindset. Uh there's a coach who's one of the greatest coaches it is. And he says, winners find a way to win and losers find a way to lose. And what he mean by that, it sounds harsh, but what he means is it's truly a mindset. So when I was in both Olympics, I would sit there and I would look at all these Olympians from every country in the world, from every sport. And I asked myself, what makes them and myself different from everybody else? Well, you know, we all know, and you, you talk to some of those Olympians, most of them know individuals that was just as talented or more talented than them. That had, you know, a better skill set, that had, you know, better resources or whatever it may be. But it's a mindset. See, some people, and I'll give you this example, some guys, if they want to talk to a girl, they go up to the girl, they talk to her. And if she disses them, say, I don't want to talk to you. You're ugly. Get away from me. Are you crazy? Some guys, that's it for them. They'll never try to talk to that girl. And matter of fact, they'll be hesitant to talk, to go talk to another girl. Well, the winners and champions mindset, the individuals with that mindset, and we all know these guys. We've all met these guys that, like, we look at them and say, how in the world do they get girls? They'll go back to the same girl the next day or the next month, and they'll keep going. See, it's a mindset. Some people, when they fail, they, they don't want to feel that again. You know, they don't want to feel that failure. They don't want to feel that pain. They don't want to feel that... Disgrace—they don't want to feel that humiliation again. But the people that have the winners and champions mindset, they—they're able to ignore that voice, ignore that feeling, and keep pushing forward. The example I like to use is from the movie uh, *A Beautiful Mind*. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. It's a great movie uh, mm-hmm. yep. with uh, Russell Crowe, and he's—he's—he's a, he's a, he's a genius, and he has some mental issues. He goes crazy. He, he goes schizophrenic. And he starts to see a a, a, a young man and a, and a little girl, and so he goes through this whole trial where they're you know messing with him, and he goes through all this. He loses his job as a professor, he messes up his relationship with his wife, and he's just really going you know crazy for the for lack of a better word. But if something happened. Wow, he started noticing something. He said, "Okay, I've been going through this for a couple of years, and this little girl and this man—they're not aging. They're not getting no taller. They're not getting no." Baby, not getting no older, so he realized, you know, it can't be real. Right? So lo and behold, he realized, realized that starting to getting his treatment would be, you know, teaching at the university. So one of the other professors came to him and said, "Hey, I know you back, you know, teaching now, and you know, you lucky you're doing well. But I want to ask you a question: Like, are, are you are you are you better, or do you still like hear things and see things, or you just are you clear?" And he says. And Russell Crowe looks at him and then Russell Crowe looks over to the corner and he sees the same boy and girl. He looks back at the guy and says, yeah, I still see him and, and the boy and girl like this. He say, but I ignore them. So what I'm saying is this, champions, winners, we have the same doubts and fears that everybody else does. You know, we have the same setbacks and failures. We don't like getting dissed. We don't like uh, getting hearing no's. Yet, when that voice pops in our head and say, man, If you try that, if you take that game winning shot and you miss it, everybody's going to talk about you. But you know what? What we say is you can't make the game winning shot. You don't take the game winning shot. You know, so we process things differently and we see things differently. We don't see the bad things that can happen. We see the good things and we move toward it in spite of, you know, the feeling we have from the failures we had before.
0: Gee, you got my juices flowing. I'm loving this, Cadivas. This is awesome. Hanging out here with Cadivas Robinson, two-time Olympic athlete. Uh very excited. So, so how do you how do you teach someone a winner's mindset, though, right? That sounds like something that you're there is some innateness to it. You have to. You, 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 I don't want to say you're born with it, right? Like I'm sure we're all born with some level of it, but how do you how do you level that up? How do you get to the point of I am willing to go out there each and every day and fall flat on my face, but I'm still going to do it because that's the only way I can get to become an Olympian. That's the only time. That's the only way I can become a two time Olympic athlete like yourself. How do you level that up and how do you get better at something like that when it's very clearly difficult for just about everybody on planet Earth to do?
1: So let me ask you a question. You've interviewed a lot of successful. So, how many of the people you interview, how many of them have or has had mentors? All of them. Just
0: right? about all of so them, here's yeah. The
1: thing. Success lead, yeah. Success lead clues. Success lead clues. The reason. That all of the successful people, no matter if they're sports athletes, no matter if they're press, no matter what they do, no matter if it's Bill Gates or Elon Musk, no matter if they're you know, no matter who they are, they have mentors. That's a clue. So the the way you do it is by by having a mentor or a coach. Now think about it. Greatest basketball player in the world, maybe Michael Jordan, Kobe, or or, or, or Lebron. They all have a coach. Greatest boxer ever, Muhammad Ali. He had a coach. Greatest football player, maybe Tom Brady or somebody. Here's a coach. Greatest investor at Warren Buffett had a mentor. So at the greatest of the great any field, they all had either a coach or a mentor. That's a clue. Why would you try to do it on your own? It just makes no sense. So once you have a coach or a mentor, that's the first step. The second step is: I said it earlier: 70 to 90% of success is following instructions. So once you have a coach and a mentor, follow instructions that's how you get it first you recognize i need a cultural mentor i need someone that's going to hold my feet to the fire i need someone that's going to tell me what i need even if i don't want to hear it and you know what most people don't want to pay for that most people they don't want to you know when i was a professional athlete i had to pay a lot of money for a massage I had to pay a lot of money for a supplement are you aware that some people don't even want to invest, don't want to spend that money? They say they say it's an expense. It's not an expense. It's an investment. It's an investment. So we all need someone there, even if it costs, and you want it to cost. And the reason is, when we're paying for something, we usually will follow through with it. You know, if i pay someone to tell me what I need to do, and they tell me, I'm not paying them and I'm not doing what they're saying. So that's the clue. Get yourself a coach. Get yourself a mentor. And for for me, why don't some people do that? I think some people are afraid of uh, not only the feeling of the failure, they are also afraid of being what I call exposed, meaning easy to walk on life. And put on this facade as if we're confident, as if we're whatever. Whenever you're trying to accomplish something that's big in life, there's gonna be setbacks. And most of us don't want to be exposed to what our weaknesses really are. But that's the only way. That's the only way we're gonna reach our full potential. And the greats, that's what the greats are about. Tom's not playing because he need money. I mean, he has all the money he can he can get. He's married to a, a freaking model. He's won more Super Bowls and MVPs. Why is he still playing? Because the champions win his mindset. You know what I'm saying? And we all can navigate on that level if we choose to. Most people would prefer to complain about why they can't accomplish something instead of just doing it. That's the difference. If you were to tell me about a book, that you thought was a great book, that you said, Kadivas, man, I read this book. It changed my life. You should read it. You know what I would do? I would get the book the next day. Some people, they'll say, oh, they might get the book a month later. They might look into the book and read a couple of pages. They might even think about the book. Winners and champions. When they try and they find someone who's going to read this book, they read the book.
0: It's that simple. Um, a book I got for you, Connected to Goodness by David Meltzer, my friend as well as Todd's friend. Uh, so that's a good one, man. I, I highly suggest Connected to Goodness. Anybody else out there listening, check that one out. So Kadivas, let's go back to your playing career a little bit so you go to TCU, you won a couple NCAA champions, championships. At what point did you realize that the Olympics were an obtainable goal, right? Cause there's a lot of people that do track and field in college. It's, it's one of the biggest sports, obviously with as many different disciplines as there are. But at what point were you like, you know, if I continue to go down this path, making it to the Olympic games is a, is a legitimate, legitimate opportunity.
1: So, started off by saying, you know, you don't you don't play track and field. You run <laughs> track and field. So that's the that's thing me. I try to tell people like you play basketball, track and run, it's no, it's no playing in there. That's why that's why people say it's not it's not any fun. But uh to answer your question, my senior year, I kind of started thinking, you know what? Uh um this is something that's doable. You know, it's almost like, you know, here's what I like to tell people. Whatever it is in life you're trying to accomplish, someone has accomplished it. And they found a easier or more direct path to do that. Once I realized, you know what, there is a path to accomplishing this. For me, the thing was, I just needed to stay on that path. I'm going to give you a story. In the 1990s, I forgot what year, Magic Johnson came out and said he had HIV AIDS. And this was in the 90s. In the 90s, when people got HIV or AIDS, they died, man. They died. But when Magic got in and said he was retiring, go back to the video. He said, you know what? I got this disease. And he said, you know, we're going to fight it. And he looked into the camera. He said, in 20 years, I'm going to still be here. I'm going to beat it. Mark my word. He said it. He looked to the camera and he said it. On the 20-year anniversary, they asked him, they said, Magic, you know, Dude, at the time when you got it, everybody died from it. You, you said 20 years from now you was going to be alive and prospering. Or how and what, what was that about? And he said, well, my doctors told me that if I did, I took my medicine every day. He was like, discipline. I'm an athlete. I'm going to be disciplined. So he said that they told me that one, two, three, four, five, the results would be he could live for 30, 40, 50 more years. Why do I bring this up now? What I'm saying is Once I saw that there were some steps that would make it possible for me to make the Olympics, then I started truly believing and seeing. Before you can see the steps, it's hard because you're like, okay, you can't put the pieces together. But once you can see those steps, then it's the question, are you willing to take the steps? And I knew I was willing to take the steps because the prize was big enough. So that's when it happened. My my senior year in college, I started saying, you know what? These are the steps that it takes to be successful in this. I can do that. And I went for it.
0: I love it, man. And so as we've already said a couple times, and shout out, I I like all the stories. Storytelling is always, that's my favorite part about all this, hearing the stories and feeling that emotion, because we're storytelling creatures. That's how everything's been passed down for generations. So I do appreciate that, Kadivas. You went to the 2004 and the 2012 games. So what is it like so you make it to the 2004 games I'm sure it's incredible you meet a bunch of people you have an absolute blast that first one right not everybody makes it to one games but how do you weigh the 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 experience of wanting to soak in this incredible amazing event that happens once every 4 years versus understanding that you're there to do a very specific job and you need to be as perfect and as point as possible. I've interviewed hundreds of, almost hundreds, of Olympic athletes, and it's always interesting to hear kind of that, well, I want to enjoy myself, right, because I might never make it back, but also, obviously, I'm there to win. So, like, how how did you kind of... Balance the atmosphere and experience versus the hey, I need to make sure that I I I do the best I possibly can in this race.
1: Well, I think I think we all we all struggle with that uh, because you do have that dichotomy of you know you you some were amazing. My first Olympus was in Athens, Greece. You know, it's an amazing place. It's very rare on you're a professional, you're a professional. So professional doesn't mean you're getting paid to do a job. It, it means everything is professional when, when you're doing it. Our account was in Crete. In, on the island of Crete in Greece.
0: Mm.
1: And we was at a place called uh, the Pilot Beach Resort. Amazing place. Look it up. Pilot Beach Resort. guy named Michael was running it. Amazing place. I mean, like, amazing so but just focus on again it just goes back to focusing on doing what you're there for so that wasn't wasn't too difficult the challenge was the first time there everything's new so you really don't you don't have a blueprint per se on like for instance i tell everybody's story my first uh olympics i didn't go to the opening ceremony. Because I didn't want to, because we was on Crete for our training um, camp, and my race was later in the, the Olympic Games. So I would have had to go over to Athens, Greece, then come back to the, the camp, and then go back. I didn't want to do all that traffic. Yeah. So I didn't So I didn't go. And so after that, it hit me like, like a ton of bricks. And I'm like, excuse my language. If I don't make a team, that means I've never gone to the opening ceremonies, and so I was like, "God, dog." It. So now I almost had to make another listing because I had to go to opening ceremonies. So it's just strange. And we are, so it's it, maybe it's um, uh, uh, you know filming your child's birth, and maybe the first one you say you know, I'm not going to film it because maybe my wife don't know cameras in there. And then after a while, you go, you know, we got to have another kid. I want to film it, you know, or whatever. Or maybe it's cutting the, the biblical card, right? And it's like, yeah, you're a guy and you pass out and you like, I can't do it. But then later, I want to cut my kid's biblical cord. We got to have another kid. And now you're cutting the biblical card. So it's, it's one of those things that we have in life that the first time you do it, you're like, mm, you know what to expect, what to do. And then you sit back and go, I got to do that again because because <laughs> I can do it a little bit better next time.
0: I love that. I love that. Interesting analogies. Definitely some interesting analogies. Um, don't tell my wife either of those. How about that? Let's let's keep it at that. But I, I think it. You know, again, it's 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 really interesting just to kind of <laughs> see and understand somebody's career and kind of how they get to and, and got to where they've gotten to. And, and so, as I said, you made two thousand and four and two thousand and twelve. You seem like a very regimented, very um, structured, very processed. Individual, right? That's kind of how you said. If you do A, B, C, and D, you're gonna you're gonna do. As you said, seventy to ninety percent. So, what is it like? Two thousand and four, doing everything you need to do, making the games, and then two thousand and eight. I assume you were still doing every single thing you needed to do, and and not having the result come out the way it is. Now, I know again, there is that other ten percent, right? That's literally what that's there for. How does that? I mean, I mean, I read read a couple places considering retirement, this, that, and the other. What is that like, again, just doing everything you've done in a particular way and still not having the the outcome that you're expecting or or even hoping
1: for? You know what that's called? Life. Mm. That's the beauty of life. We can do it and it happens. That's life. You can do everything right and something bad happens. Bad shit happen to good people. Why? Life. Life. And good shit happen to bad people. Life. So what I'm saying is, you can do all of that and it don't work out. And see, some people, what, you know, for lack of, you know, I use, I don't say this word, but what I, what I call losers, they go, well, why, well, why do it all like this if it ain't guaranteed it's gonna work out? Well, come on, that's a, that's a, that's a shitty way of looking at it, right? It's just life. So, 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 what you do is you put yourself in the best possible situation of success, and if it works out, great. And if it doesn't, learn from it and move forward. So, in 2008, when I didn't make it, I was in the best shape of my life. I was ranked high. I had, at that time I was a three hundred champion. So I had won 2005, six, and seven. Uh, had my son. I was married. I mean, there's all these things that was in place, but I made one mistake. And what I say is, that mistake was, I, 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 I overtrained and panicked. And never panic. This is, this is a quote. This is when I teach, you know, I have, like I said, when I, when I have my consultations with high-caliber individuals, panicking never helps in nothing. N- when you panic on it, it's never good to Panic of anything. So when I panic, I don't mean like a spontaneous panic. I mean a panic leading up. When you start to panic, it's like being in a sailboat. If you're in a sailboat and the wind's blowing and you're going, you're going, you're going, and the wind stops blowing and the boat stops, you don't go <sighs> trying to blow the freaking sailboat. That's 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 silly. That's panicking. It's not gonna. It's not gonna blow the the, the boat and make it move. That's what happens when you panic in certain situations. It's like you're going, all it's gonna do is get you tired. It's not gonna work. You gotta have confidence in yourself, you gotta have confidence in God if you believe in God, you gotta have confidence in your coach, your family, all these things, and keep going. But I panicked. I thought I was a little behind. I thought I had messed up. And instead of me, you know, taking a deep breath under where I was learning how to move forward from the best position at that point, I try to make for. You know, you can't. It's like sleep. I tell people if they stay up all night partying or whatever and they go to bed at four in the morning, they think that if they sleep to 12 or 1 or 2, that they got eight hours and they're all right. No. You can't You can't catch that up. Because it's not, just so people don't know. It ain't necessarily the amount of sleep hours you're getting, it's a, how long you've been awake. So if you get up at 7 o'clock and you stay at 7 a.m., and you stay up all the way to 4 a.m., even if you sleep to 12, you still wake up feeling like crap. And people say, man, I slept all the way Because you was awake. Your body's ain't used to being awake over 16 hours. You can't make it up. So by sleeping all the way to 12, all that's doing is setting your clock off. Now you're getting up later. Now you, you So you, it's better off going to bed at, you know, you go to bed at 4, you know, get up at 9 or whatever, switch is closer to the time you get up then that next that night take your butt back to bed at 9 and get back on schedule cuz you can't catch up you you think you can you can't uh same thing it's like once you you you've messed up paying and trying to make up for it, it's the work you can do
0: and so with that i mean again so you, and yeah and it, it is unfortunate um it's and, and, and i think it's really interesting as you were laying out it was all of the thing everything was perfect, right? You're in the best shape of your life. You're three time national champion. You have your your son. You have all these incredible things going for you. And, and it's the one thing and, and all of that just kind of so how did you how did you deal with that for the next four years in the lead up to the 2012 games to make sure that even if everything was perfect or if it wasn't perfect, you would do what you needed to do and you stayed back on that schedule and get back on that process to make sure that the 2012 games, you could go back and you can go to that opening ceremony and experience some of the things that you might not have that first time around.
1: So my mess by not making it in 2008, my mess became a message. My test became a testimony. So I knew if I could come back in 2000, that bad event can now be transformed to a good event. So I didn't make it in 2000 at the age of 32, but hey, I gotta wait four years. I gotta, now now I've had another kid. I'm, I'm older than somebody, I'm older than some of these other guys' dad, and I'm gonna make it. So now it's a good story. So now I turned my mess to my message and my test to my testimony. And that's what kept me focused.
0: I love that. Mess to your message, test to your testimony. I like that a lot. I might have to steal that one from you, man. I hope that's OK. And I guess then. So what, what was the opening ceremonies like? <laughs> Talk to me about it, man. How, how how were they? I hope you had a good time the second time around. Right.
1: I tell people this. I honestly, this is the honest God truth. Every human being, if if you're able, should go to the Olympic Games. You, You have to go. It's nothing like it. I don't care what nobody says. It's nothing like it. You have every country in the world. You have all these sports. You have the best athletes in every sport from every country in the world in one place, or have three weeks for a good cause. It's nothing else like the world. So, I'm a big believer in energy. Believe in energy. So, it's, it's this, And you can't get that nowhere else. And if, and if you're able to go there, and, I have a, I, I tell people this story. I was on the, um, Subway in london 2012 olympics me and abby who was a marathoner and we had our usa stuff on we was coming from nike and so people were talking to us on the subway because we, we, we didn't plan it out right it was packed and we talked to those people about like 20 25 minutes and when we got ready to get off the person handed me his card and he was a chairman for one of the uh, top baseball uh teams in the in the world and we was like, we didn't know. We just having a conversation with this guy, right? We just thought he was a regular guy. And he handed us the uh, the card and we were like, man, this is amazing. And as, as we was being amazed by this guy giving us this card, there had been another gentleman on the train that had been watching us have this conversation with this man. And he saw our reaction when that guy gave us the card and he stopped us and said, no, no, they're here to see you. You the show They're amazed about seeing you. And we went. That's true. So what do I say? The Olympics, when you're there, you're a part of something that's so big, that's so amazing, that that you know, they say they say love, happiness, and kindness are perfumes you can't sprinkle on others without getting a little bit on yourself. That's what the Olympics are.
0: I like that. I like that one too. I might love, happiness, and kindness are perfumes you sprinkle on others, but you, you have to get some on yourself. I'll, 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 work on that. I'll figure that part out, but um, no, man, I think it, it, it is so true and it's so cool. And, you know, having that opportunity to meet people in that type of situation, right? Like that, that just has to be so darn cool. And so you go to two Olympic games, you have an incredible time. You do a lot of stuff. What are you up to now though? I mean, obviously we can all tell you're a speaker. You're incredible at it. It's been a lot of fun, the storytelling. So thank you for that. Um, Obviously, you've been talking about being a coach and, and career coach. I assume you you coach athletes as well. Talk talk to me a little bit about in the book. Tell us a little bit about the book. Tell me about all this stuff, all these experiences that you were able to take. And now you can go out there and, and you can be that the energy. You can be that messenger to help others try and achieve their goals.
1: You know, my book's called When Seconds Count. It's a play on words. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, major things happen in minor moments, but the truth is there are no minor moments. Major things happen when we make them happen. You see, most of us think major things happen at weddings a graduation or funerals or, you know, whatever those things may be. We think that's when major things happen. But the truth is major things happen every single day, all day. And so what I've, what I've learned through my experiences is this. In the, in the movie, Hugo, the little boy is explaining to the girl that in mach- machines and everything in the world, everything in the universe is here for a purpose. There's nothing created for no reason. When you make a phone, you don't put an extra part on there for no reason. When you when you develop anything, you, you, don't, you don't put it there for no reason. The grapher, oxygen, the teeth, the hair, everything in the universe is there for a reason. No imports. So if God of the universe, whatever you believe in, didn't put in an inventor, every inventor thing, so they never put an extra part, then we can't be an extra part. So what does that mean? If I'm not an extra part, that means I'm here for a reason, right? So there's two major moments in a person's life. The moment you were born and the moment you realize why you were born. Once I realize why I'm here, then I have to start living my past and that's what I'm doing, you know, because when you're not living your purpose and you're living your passion, you can be successful. You can make money. You can, you know, you can navigate through life and have a nice car and be married and all that, but you're not going to be fully awake. You're never going to, it's like you go to, the, I don't go to the zoo no more. I'm going to tell you this, but it's like you go to the zoo. And when you're at the zoo, you're looking at that lion or that tiger or whatever that animal is. And when you're looking at them, you can tell if you would really just throw at them, they're, they're back and forth. And when they're pacing because they know, even though they've never been in the wild, they know that they're not supposed to be in there. And every once in a while, if that lion or whatever gets in a situation where it can go off on something, it does. And people say, oh, that was bad and this. No, that's his that's nature. And the first opportunity that lion gets to do what's in its nature, it doesn't. It. It's humans that know they're supposed to be doing more. Just but we want to get mad at a lion or a snake or an animal. we living with our nature. First opportunity. they, get. Here we are, we have an opportunity to live ours and we don't. So, so, you know, there's that if I don't give it to the world, people won't get it. My coaches gave me information that if they didn't give it to me, I would have never gotten it. So I'm happy they gave it to me. So I feel like there's certain things. I've had people tell me this, that me telling them certain things changed their life. And if I wouldn't have told it, to them, they wouldn't have gotten it. And the last thing I'm going to do, there's a uh, David Goggins. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a great speaker. He talks about when he goes to heaven in the pearly gates, he said, God looks on this piece of form that says all the things you've done and you could have done. And he said he wants to be that God looks on her and say, OK, graduated high school, check, lost a lot of weight, check, went to the Marines, check. Hold on. You know, even I didn't see this coming. <laughs> so what I'm saying is. If we're living life. Some things we know, feeling in our soul that we're supposed to do. Been places. You might be walking by a homeless guy, and there's something telling you, man, you never do this, but something telling you, give him a dollar. And you're like, why? Why? I feel like give him a dollar this time. I walk by this guy 10 times. Or you might, somebody be telling you to read, a, I mean, write a book. And you like, man, nobody's going to buy the book. But it ain't about if they buy the book. It's about it. It's for one person. It might be, you might be somewhere and they tell you to say hello to somebody on a train. See, that's in us. But we, 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 we deafen that voice. We go, ah, no, nah, we're not going to do that. That's why if you read any spiritual books, back in the day, people always said, this miracle happened, that miracle happened, God said this to me, and God said that. And then after a while, you hear people say, why ain't God speaking to us no more? Why no more miracles happen? They are happening. They happen every day. Major things happen in minor moments. And God told us every day. It's just that when God tell us to leave this place and Go To move from the city, your parents said you don't listen. Abraham and Moses and all these people they listen, but we don't. And so, for me, when you ask me why am I doing all this, I'm still listening, I'm still listening to that voice. Therefore, when whenever my journey, whenever this journey is over for me, I can then you can rest in peace. People thinking rest in peace is you know the whole okay, well, now I'm not feeling no pain or whatever. No, that's why people they don't. Dead, they want to call somebody in and apologize, or they want to, they want to confess some stuff they've done because their spirit and souls not complete. Because there's some stuff they should have done when they was alive that they didn't do. And so if you're if you're giving that out while still healthy right now, then you can rest in peace. Man, I get too, I get too energetic about this stuff, man. I just, no, I, I always try to tell myself to calm down when I watch the videos, I don't like how I look. I get, I get, I get passionate about it.
0: Good, good. You should. It's incredible. As you said, you have, you figured it out, man. You hit the jackpot. You know what you are here to do. And there's so many people that are too afraid to find that out or too lazy to find that out or too worried to find that out. And clearly you have been able to figure it out, man. So we appreciate the out of you. And I'm sitting here, I'm smiling. I think it's incredible. I love your energy. I love your expertise. I love what you're trying to do. Just trying to change the world one person at a time. That's literally all you can do. And if you can get that done, man, it's a good day. It's a good, right. good day to be alive.
1: And remember, every every zero knows a hero and every dud knows a you know, so even if it's when people, when you, when you only can influence one, one is enough. It's enough.
0: A hundred percent. I love all your, you, you know, every saying in the book too. I appreciate that. Kadivas. I think that that makes it a little easier uh, having these conversations, man, but no, this is Kadivas. This has been absolutely fantastic. Um, where can everybody find you on the internet? Cause I think uh, if I need a little extra juices, where can I go follow you?
1: Kadivas. Uh, everything's Kadivas. So uh, my website's Kadivas.com. My Twitter handle is Kadivas. Facebook handles Kadivas. Instagram handles Kadivas. Everything Kadivas. And if for some of these quotes that I use, they're called Kadivisms. So hashtag Kadivism. And you'll see I post them every day. Uh, these little they you can call them quotes, but I call them Kadivisms. And that's where you can find it, you know. And um and and, and I think there's right now, i really honestly believe there's a shift in the world going on. There's an energy in the world, like not just in the U S now, this is the whole world. And the people that's able to recognize this shift and this end are going to be kind of ahead. And the ones who are not, there's people right now that's praying and wishing and hoping things go back to how they used to be. I hate to be the one breaking to tell you, but it's not, I mean, it's, it, there's a new normal coming. I'm, it's, it's here. And, um, and some people want to, you know, they get mad when I say this, but things are it's here, man. There's there's change going. So for me, things that I'm talking about now is recognizing I I remember no about 30 some 30 years ago or so. I don't want to age myself. Uh the neighborhood I was raised in was particularly black and Hispanic, about fifty-two percent black, forty-seven percent Hispanic, no lie. And as the most more Hispanics. Started moving in, and you start getting the more uh stores that had you know, that that rated toward Hispanic and, and Spanish speaking, and all those. You had a lot of people that wanted to fight that. They all, man, all these Spanish or Mex- Mexicans moving in, and why do they speak in Spanish? What stores this and that? And I get it, you know, people, people not they're, they're uncomfortable with change, but my rationale was, hey, man, listen, might be good to learn a little Spanish, might be a good good to. To, to, to go over to your neighbor and, and learn what they like, what they don't, because like. it's coming. You can, you can fight it. You can complain about it, but you know what? It's coming. and Here it is. 15, 20, 30 years later, especially where I'm from in Texas, that's where it's at. Now, see, some of us can be comfortable in that environment because we got our minds and body and spirit prepared for what's coming. There's some people that's not comfortable with, with uh, having female uh, supervisors and bosses, you better you, you, you better prepare. it's coming. More women are in university and college than men. It's coming. The president of New Zealand, uh, the the chancellor of Germany, you know, my boss at Ohio State, the 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 the, the, the president of University of Ohio State is so a female. It's coming. So I tell men off women. That's yeah. I don't like how this... Th- Hey, man, listen, you cannot like it or whatever. Just know it's here. So you connect to that energy. Start recognizing
0: it. Start. You still with me? Oh, no. Oh, okay. Connect to that energy. Then what happened?
1: Yep, man. Yeah, you got to because it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. And people are gonna get left behind. Mark my word, I guarantee you. And the crazy thing, I'm gonna tell you what's crazy about it. The changes that happen, it's not gonna be like it used to be. It ain't gonna be a year, year and a half. In six months, watch what watch how things gonna look in six months. There's gonna yeah. be people, do you know, do you know, I man, I could, you know, do you know that um Jeff Bezos made between I don't know the, the exact number 10 to 30 billion between January and June and July. Now people say now people say well it's Jeff Bezos. Well there was billions. There's somebody who made millions between their time. Mm-hmm. And there's others who make what I'm trying to say is the shift is coming no matter what it is, whether it's athletically you see all these records being broken. You know, I mean people try to debate among, who the best Jordan or or I mean, those are two different beasts, man. 6'8", 260 pounds, muscle, and fast. It's a different type of beast. At the time, we thought Jordan was kind of big and strong and fast. So what I'm saying is the evolution that's going on in the world is going at a quick beat, man. And so it's on us to get prepared for that. Now, my job is to find the people that don't have the resources sources and positions to get this information and give it to them because there's some that if they just only got the info the memo they'll use it you know now the sad part is there are people who got the info in the memo and they just refuse to use it why i don't know
0: nobody knows man nobody knows we all have as you said so many people have that information so many people can obtain that information they can access it they just don't do anything with it and hopefully with your help and, and some other's help, hopefully with this interview help, hopefully some people listen to it and realize, hey, maybe me, maybe it's me, Kadeem. Maybe you changed my life today. I know there's certain days where I don't do nearly enough as I should and I can and that, I, that I'm willing to. And that's just the way it is sometimes. And I ask myself, why the hell did I just do this today? And some days are really good. Some days aren't so good. So hopefully this interview, hey, maybe maybe this was just you. You talking to me, man. That's Maybe that's why this whole thing had to happen. You just had to tell me. Get your shit straight, man. Get your shit straight. In. hey, I appreciate that, man. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And, and the first the first step is recognizing it. That's the, that's the parable of the talents. That's my, that's my keynote right there. The parable of the talents says that, you know, we all have talents and gifts. The universe of God gave us all, every person, a talent and a gift. Now, he gave some 10, he gave some 5, he gave some 1. But it ain't about how many you got. It's that whatever talent or gift you have, you must recognize it. You must develop it. You must multiply it and you must share it. And if you do those four things, you will get more. I don't care if you're a good person. I don't care if you're a bad person. I don't care if you're black, white, tall, short, rich, poor. It don't matter if you recognize your talent or gift, develop it, multiply it, ensure you'll get more. But check this out. If you don't. The gift and talent you have will be taken away from you, and it don't matter if you're a good person. Some people that they things are supposed to go well. It don't go. It don't. The universe is neutral, man. The universe uh, 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 responds to what's deserved, what you earn, not what you need. People think is what you know. You need food, but if you don't work and go get some money, then you won't get it. But if you go and work and get that, you deserve it. Then that's what happens. So if you recognize, develop, multiply, and share it, no matter what your talent and gift is, you'll get more. There are people right now, there's people right now that's looking at you with your show for the love of sports, and they're going, man, I can do the show Michael's doing. I can do that show. I can do better than him. But, you know, the only thing is he was able to, he was. He had his wife, help him out, or his parents this, or he was like, he got more time to have, you know? Then somebody like you on your level looking at somebody else that has a podcast that's a big time podcast. You do them. It's somebody right now that looking at a singer. They say, I can sing better than her, but they're not doing it. they sitting around, they're scared to All they're saying, they should sing in the shower. They won't put nothing up on YouTube to get criticized, right? Some people talk talking about, well, I got better stock picks than Warren Buffett. But they're scared to take a risk to make money. You see, billionaires risk, risk millions to become billionaires. Millionaires risk thousands to become millionaires. And some of these people, they don't want to risk nothing to become a millionaire. Come on now. You don't want to risk anything, but you want to be a millionaire. But yet the billionaires are risking millions to become billionaires. The millionaires are risking hundreds of thousands to become millionaires. And who you are, you want to be up there, and you don't want to risk anything. How does that work?
0: You got to have some skin in the game. You got to put something on the line. That's the only way you're ever going to actually <laughs> get up, right? You got to put something in it. And Man, this this has been fantastic. Cadivas. you are absolutely incredible, man. Thank you again to Todd for putting us together. I sincerely, sincerely appreciate you for coming on, as you said before, at Cadivas. On everything, which makes it super easy. K H A D E V I S and the cadevisms, cadevisms, cadevisms. Yep. Uh, I like those a lot too. So that'll be a lot of fun. I'll make sure to give you a couple hashtags there. But man, this was absolutely fantastic. I'll make sure to, have, I'll make sure to put everything up there uh, in the show notes on YouTube everywhere. That way, everyone can go go give you a little extra love, go show you all your stuff, man. So sincerely, man, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, brother. Good again.
0: I can't wait, man. Bye, everybody. Thank you.